0: the pets are they're amazingly important they might be our best friend our jogging buddy our therapist you know various different roles they play in our life
1: join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts learn from them listen to their war stories celebrate their wins and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey Welcome to the Cat Explorer podcast. I'm Asara.
2: And I'm Daniel. Before we jump into today's exciting chat, we would love if you could screenshot this podcast, post it on your Instagram stories, and tag us at catexplorer.community and our awesome guest at LifeInThePinkXX. Please share in our stories and we can't wait to hear what you think of today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Superkit.
1: You know what I love hearing about? companies that are constantly working to improve their products and that's exactly what Superkit has done.
2: Their Gatsby 2.0 harness is now fully lined with a special low friction fabric so it's comfier for your kitty. The straps are now leather as well instead of cotton.
1: And I have to say I love the new colours especially the burgundy one.
2: You can get your own Superkit harness from superkit.co
1: Today's episode is about a topic that we try not to think about but we really should address grieving our pets the sad reality is that they will not be here forever and it is likely that we will have to go through the process at some point lara casanova is the force behind life in pink and is an author yoga teacher life coach and a professional counselor who has studied grief and loss she's an avid animal lover and mum to two fur babies susie and chelsea welcome to the show lara
0: thank you i'm thrilled to be here i'm
1: really excited to chat to you um, but we'd first start to hear, love to hear a little bit about yourself and your background. Do you mm. mind telling us about it?
0: No, of course. My background, uh, it's quite a long background as I'm getting a bit older now, but um, started in the corporate world and then um, I moved into the veterinary industry and I worked in the veterinary industry at a large veterinary organisation in Adelaide, South Australia for uh about 14 years and then moved on to a smaller one for a couple of years. So I've had extensive history in the veterinary industry and alongside the time I spent in the industry I was also studying towards more holistic studies, uh, life coaching, professional counselling, massage therapy, Pilates instruction and now yoga instruction. So I've had the professional industry knowledge um, and a love of that industry and then combined my um, love of more holistic studies as well so which um, came to fruition life in the pink my business which is about living a life in the pink so living the best life that we can physically mentally emotionally and spiritually and it's an old saying from the 16th century, life in the pink. So that's where we are today And pet grief. And pets are one of my absolute passions in my life and my world. So that's how we came to be where I am today.
1: That's so interesting. You've had quite a bit of um, a varied background. And um, I am, I correct in, <laughs> am I correct in understanding that um, as a part of your studies, you've also studied quite a bit into grief and loss?
0: Yes, so when I um, embarked on my own personal development journey, I studied a um, a professional um, diploma, sorry, a diploma in professional counselling, it was called, and I did the major of that in grief and loss. So, um, and that was some time ago, and since then I've, um, even with life coaching, that delved into grief and loss a little I have also, with two of the books that, that I have written, the second book that I've just published recently, Grief, Grace and Gratitude, is all surrounding grief. More human grief at this point, um, but I've done a lot of research and studies around grief. And the third book that I'm in the middle of writing now is Lost, Love and Lessons, which is is purely pet grief. So, yes, I've studied and done a lot around pet grief. It's very important to me and having been in the vet industry for a long time and seeing the grief and the effects that it has on people and the difficulty of it in society to grieve for your pet, it's an area that I'm very passionate about.
1: And I have to agree, so am I. Um, So over the last five years or so, I've actually lost two very important members in my family, my dad and my cat, Tabby. So um, when my dad passed away, we announced it in several publications. We had celebrations for his life. Mm in different formats and with different organizations. And it was acceptable for me to take quite a bit of time off work and the grieving process was quite public. But then I contrast, contrast that to when Tabby passed away and I took the day off to give her a day full of her favorite things. And then I just afterwards, I did a post on social media and then on the surface, it looked like my life was back to normal. But to me, Tabby and my dad had huge roles in my life. But at the time, I didn't feel like it was acceptable to go through that grieving process for Tabby. But now, yes. in hindsight, I realise that I really shouldn't have approached it that way. Why is it so important for us to grieve our pets?
0: Um, well, first of all, I want to say I'm really sorry for um, the loss of your dad and Tabby, and I understand Thank how you. difficult it is. Um, and I think it's important that we grieve. Well, it's important that we grieve for everyone, regardless of it, if it's um, a person in our lives, a pet. Or isn't even like a reptile friend or a guinea pig or because people think even the smaller the animal, the less important it might be or the less it's um, accepted by people. But um, we need to process our grief because if we don't, it remains kind of trapped within us. Grief, I see it as kind of an energy. There could be anger, fear. Um, sadness and it just stays trapped within us and then sort of branches out and infiltrates into other areas of our lives um, if we don't address it. And it's a natural part of life. It is um, just what we need to do and we go through different seasons in our life and grief is one of them and it allows us to grow stronger and become more resilient. And um, underneath all the the grief and the not-so-good feelings, if we can walk to the epicentre of them, is the love, and the more we can process the grief, the more we can access the love. So if we cut off from that grief, we tend to cut off from the love because we begin to close our heart. So it's a matter of to keep our heart open is to feel that grief. And I, I hear so many people say, oh, "I lost my pet. I'm never getting another one. It was just too hard." And and I um, sympathise and I understand and I know how hard it is to walk through that pain. However. it's, it's disappointing when people don't want to get another pet because they're so scared of being hurt. But the love that those pets provide is just so unconditional. By processing our grief, we can be open and know that we can cope when we lose another pet, when it happens, as invariably it does. But we get to have all that love in the meantime and provide that love back to them, these beautiful furry beings that just are unconditional in their love towards us. So it's very important.
1: I completely agree. Um, Part of the reason that I approached grieving the way I did was because I kind of believed it was an expectation by society. Why is there that perception that we don't need to grieve a pet and is there a way that we can, each of us can change that?
0: Uh, Yeah, uh, it's a really good question, um, uh, Hassara. I think that there's a few answers to that. I think people don't place the value on animals as they do on humans and that can come through our history as well wasn't that long ago that you know cats and dogs just lived outside and on the farm and they didn't even use anesthetics when they um performed surgery on them some time ago that is and over time they've become more important and even in the veterinary industry i've noticed that they're not people aren't parent um, owners anymore they're more pet parents they've become it's become more accepted And I think that it's the value that we place on the animals and and the value society places on the animals. Some people don't have pets. Some people don't like pets. So they don't see it as a big deal. Um, And I think sometimes people, they don't know how to be or sit with someone that is grieving, even if it's a person, let alone an animal. So they try to um, avoid having to stay in a discussion with someone that's grieving because it's hard for them they don't know what to say, or maybe they haven't dealt with their own grief, so they kind of struggle um, to it. And I think it is the value of animals in our society and the human conditioning, which is very sad, but it is improving. It is from seeing the vet clinic I worked in. Um, Pets are very, very important, and they are very much family members. Um, And I think the way to change that is um being everyone that can being a role model for that and being able to speak more about their pets and and like what you're doing you're um creating these podcasts and getting them out into the world like me i'm writing a book on it um and it's educating the people um that the pets are they're amazingly important they might be our best friend our jogging buddy our therapist our um, you know various different roles they play in our life they might be the last link we have to a, a parent that's passed away um, they might be our dog that we need like a blind dog for to see to get around in the world they play enormous roles in our life it's so important to remind ourselves that this human animal bond is very strong and educating the community Um, talking out in industry Um, and I think slowly it will change but it's going to take a little bit of awareness over time to get to that point and and also for us to be able to sit with our grief and be comfortable talking to others maybe even if they are a little uncomfortable and standing strong in our own ground that we are able to grieve this pet was really important to me and I'm going to grieve Um, so that might give a little bit of insight into into that what do you think
1: yeah, I completely agree with that.
0: Yeah,
2: like you touched on so many points there. One of the ones that I just want to pick up on is that the society doesn't quite understand yet. Like That's a good point. It's not just regarding grief for pets, but it's also just pets in general. Like, mm. like you say, some people don't have pets, so then they don't quite understand what's the big deal, what's, you know, what's so special about having a pet, and why is it that you need to provide so much attention and care. And to yeah. some other people, like the way they treat their pets... And this is certainly the the case, you know, many, many years ago where they sort of saw saw them as a a lesser being and, you know, they left them outside and gave them the scraps of the food on the table and so forth. It's actually shifting a lot, like you said now, where I saw a story online the other day where they're talking about the luxury world of pets and how the movement and the products being produced for pets are quite high end and quite, um, you know, quite pamperous and looking to really give them the best mm-hmm. life as opposed to what the thought process was 20, 20 odd years ago where it's just you leave your dog outside, give him this give him the old, you know, the old bed <laughs> and the, the old clothes and so forth.
0: Yeah.
2: So it is changing and you're right that it just it is a case of education and slowly sort of changing perception, changing society's approach to these pets and the grief process associated with the pet. Yes. Now You mentioned that um, you've actually got some personal experience with pet loss and grief because uh, I understand Max was an important figure in your life and there's a story around losing Max. Could you just tell us a little bit about who Max was and that story of losing Max?
0: I'd love to. Max, he was an absolute star. He was a champion. He was a a 35-kilo golden retriever. And I had got him as a puppy about eight weeks old and I had him all my life, um, all his life. Um, He was 15 or just before 15 when he passed away. And it was a sad story because I was heading overseas with my parents to Italy, back to kind of the homeland with my father, which I was very excited about. And a couple of weeks before I left, Maxie had a seizure and he'd always been healthy up to then. He had a bit of arthritis, but we were dealing with that. And he had a seizure. He only had one, raced him down to the emergency centre about two in the morning, Um, and he came good. He came home, and we thought it might have been a once-off. Anyway, a couple of days before I left on my trip, he had another seizure, so we realised then that there was more to it. Um, I was in a bit of dire straits because I didn't quite know what to do with him. He was going to stay with a friend while I was overseas for three weeks with my other dog. But because I worked at the vet clinic, I was very, very lucky, and he spent the three weeks at the vet clinic. Everyone knew him. Everyone loved him. He sat in the office and wandered out to reception when he wanted to do a wee, and they'd take him across the road to the lawn, and um, he was never in a cage. He just sort of sat in the office where I worked. Um, And then when I came home from overseas, um, I went and picked him up the night I arrived home. Um, it was pretty late at night I was pretty jet-lagged but I picked him up anyway and the poor little thing in the vet clinic his heart was pounding and he was shaking but he couldn't couldn't kind of get to me Um, so I brought him home and two days later he had three seizures in one day and I sat with him from the morning thinking that I knew it was going to be his last day we went through all our photos together I cried I cannot tell you how much that day. Um, like a lot of us do, I gave him Vegemite toast and chocolate biscuits. That he wasn't normally allowed because <laughs> they're not allowed chocolate and various other things. And then the vet came over that night and put him to sleep in my lounge room. And I never knew I had had anticipatory grief because I knew he was getting old and he had the seizures, which is the pre-grief before the death. But I had no idea how devastating it would be. And I think it really threw my world um for a good three to six months um and and even longer potentially so it was a long time so it was a very and it was it was my first real experience with grief as well so I think what happened is with grief it highlights a lot of other things that come into your life not just the actual uh, event that happened then but I then began grieving all other things that had come into my life that I hadn't dealt with properly even from when I was 16 and I was about uh, 45 when Max was put to sleep so um, it throws a lot of other stuff at it as well it's a pretty um, unsettling time to say the least yeah
2: wow thank you for sharing that story and I also understand that uh, with Max um, it was a bit of a ceremony and sort of yes. um, closure process to that as well is that right <laughs>
0: Oh, definitely. I was struggling with my grief and I was journaling every day. I had a kitchen table full of things, his lead, his collar, photos that I'd had printed off, um, flowers, cards. And my nieces were struggling, my little nieces, Maybe they were ranging from six to 12. Where is Maxie? Where's he gone? What's happened to him? Who's going to look after him? And they kind of didn't really understand. And we as adults kind of sit in our grief and we don't often think that children grieve like we do. And I think they probably did grieve kind of to the same depth, but maybe not for quite as long. And I think because they process their feelings as they arise, they move through it kind of quite quickly and different ages process grief differently as well. Um, I'm not so much of an expert on the children except for being honest and open with them, I think, through the whole process. So I decided to have a little memorial um, for for them to process the grief but probably – underneath probably more for me because I wanted to do it and I thought well the children I'll use that as a bit of an excuse to be able to have one because it's not socially acceptable so even I was falling into this and I work in the vet clinic so we had a lovely ceremony they all arrived with cards and poems and paintings I set up a little altar in the backyard with his urn candles flowers and they all came up and read out their little poem and they all cried as they're reading their poems and then I got up and read uh, my memorial um, like a little eulogy to Max I suppose and then we had some drinks and some nibbles and we brought the altar inside and one of my little nieces kept coming up to the altar and, and sitting down with her hand in, in saying a prayer at the altar um, so it was just really soothing I think for everyone's emotions and to appreciate it's okay well, in our family to grieve grief and Max still gets spoken about a lot and I've still got the cards from the nieces and made a little book out of them all and they still refer back to him and I think they've been able to process that and they understand a little more so when my father died a couple of years further on they might have had a little bit more of knowledge on how to process that grief so I think it was a really good thing for everyone
2: mm, that's really beautiful because you you do have to think about how the fact that these pets touch our lives in very profound and meaningful ways. And then to not have closure on that, to not grieve a pet just seem, doesn't seem quite right. It doesn't seem like you can move on. So I think that story is a great one to highlight how it, it's very important to grieve a pet and how okay. it's okay to do so.
0: And we grieve. we grieve because we loved so deeply and we grieve because life as we know it is over and there's no reason we love a pet any less than we might like, love some people. And for me, I don't have real children. I only have third children, so they are my children and I look after them beautifully and they are very spoiled. <laughs> um And uh, I believe if I have children, they would still be as high priority because they were my first children. And um, I think, yeah, they are very, very important. Uh, You know, they become your best friend and and your child and um, and they have feelings. They know what's going on. They might not have the feelings like we do and contemplating the past and the future, but they can sit in an emotion and they can feel scared and they can feel happy and they can feel sad and they can feel angry or irritated. So they kind of know what's going on, and they're very important in, in many people's lives. Yeah, I accept that totally.
2: Mm. So you mentioned the grief process and how it's it sometimes does feel like it's, it's similar to grieving for a human. Are there different stages of grief that you can talk us through and what that process is?
0: Um, yes, there are. And the stages of grief we go through aren't necessarily linear. They can change around and you can go through one um, stage more than another. Um, The one I wrote about in my book was Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's stages and she had five stages of grief that I think she later then turned into seven. So the seven stages was firstly that sense of shock and it's almost a numbness protecting our being from feeling what you know the onslaught of emotions that might be coming and then denial again probably not really wanting to believe what's happened so we're still protecting ourselves from feeling the heaviness and of the grief and then it can be anger we can um, get angry at other people people around us maybe the veterinarian maybe even the animal Um, and I believe that anger is often a cover for some of the the softer emotions like sadness and, and and grief or depression um, then bargaining, or if only I'll um, oh, do this. Can I have my pet back? Or, or if it's before they died, oh, if, uh, if you keep my pet alive, I'll I'll do this or I'll do that. And then the next one's depression. We move into that stage of depression. Um, uh, the next one's testing our new environment and, and how we fit with, without our pet in it. And then finally acceptance. And acceptance necessarily isn't necessarily yay. I'm really excited and everything's everything's great. But it's just accepting that it is the way it is. And um, as I said, you know, with all those stages, we can go through them in different different levels and different different ways. We can stay in one stage for longer than another. And it's accepting and giving ourselves permission to be in each of those stages and knowing that they're all normal, but also being aware enough of ourselves to know that if we're really concerned or we're feeling too overwhelmed or like something's not quite right that we do reach out for help and there are some really good um you know websites and um counsellors and different people that can help that that appreciate and understand pet loss Um, and then i have my own in the pink process um that i created which is what i've walked through a few times with grief Uh, similar, but we have an awareness and finding that awareness because we need to be aware of ourselves and what's happening inside before we can move on. Taking responsibility. A lot of people don't take responsibility for their grief, so they blame outwards rather than going, I own this, this is my grief and I need to work with it. Then feeling our feelings, just feeling that onslaught, walking into the pain that's so scorching hot um, and believing we can deal with that and trusting in the universe and ourselves and then forgiving anything we need to forgive and then again coming to that point of acceptance. So I write about both of them in my book to have different ways of viewing it and just different tools and different things that might help us because one way may not work with someone but it might work with another one and it's important to realise they're all normal, it's all part of grief, but to reach out for help when we need it.
2: It is very similar to human grief in many senses.
0: No No different.
2: yeah, and I, I like the point you make where it's very important to be conscious of it, to at least recognise that you're in these stages and that the way you feel and how you feel is because of the grief and not because, it may maybe necessarily because of other reasons as well, but that you are actually grieving because sometimes you don't even realise that you're in that state, which is no, hard, yes. to hard to sort of then take the next step of actually getting help or dealing with it you've got to first at least recognize that i am grieving and this is what it is
0: well so i think then, some people yes they have the feelings and they oh i can't deal with it or i need to run away from it, or, or what's happening to me but being able to step back a minute and go why well, i'm actually grieving and it is okay to grieve and i know even with um with me i was kind of trying to go well, it's a little inconvenient because when my dad passed away i was going oh after max I knew what was coming because I'd been through grief so deeply with Max. And it's like, oh, no, I know I'm going to have to do it. But I was in denial, kind of going, I don't want to do it. I've just done it with Max. I've just got over it. And now Dad's passed away. And I knew as soon as I opened up to it what was coming. And it was another two years of grieving for my dad. Um, And it was just lucky that I had dealt with Max's grief when I did, So dad's what I call was kind of was a really clean grief because I didn't have anything else coming up. I dealt with that as I dealt with Max's grief and then I just had dad and the grief that I felt with dad was a much more gentle, soft, loving sadness of grief but I felt I didn't lose my confidence or my self-esteem because I was just grieving it cleanly and honestly. Um, Yeah, so we need to sit with all those stages and allow ourselves to be in them. Until they pass. And they pass. Everything's temporary. Nothing lasts forever.
2: Hmm. Oh, that's so true. So then you mentioned that you've, you know, you had clean grief, grieving processes and, and that you also mentioned that there are different ways to cope. Can you suggest, like one of which was reaching out to counsellors, can you just, can you provide some suggestions of what other coping mechanisms sure. someone can use?
0: So those steps obviously are one. And I think... Um, Some of it's around self-love. It's giving ourselves permission to grieve and saying it is okay to grieve. And there's a bit of a saying out there that people say, oh, it'll pass in time. And I don't tend to agree with that because it'll pass in time if you give yourself the space to do the work. So it'll pass in time if you do the work. It won't necessarily pass in time if you don't do the work around it. And we see that with people that 10 years later are still really stuck in their grief. Um, They maybe get stuck at one point. So it's arming ourselves with all the knowledge we can of grief as well. I found I read a lot. I learned about it. So by learning about it, you can see how it works kind of in theory, although that's a little hard, but that worked for me. Um, And listening to our heart and, and taking time to rest and taking time out. And I found during that time, I could only really operate for half a day. And then I needed to sit down and have a bit of a nap or just accept where my body was at because my body felt like um, I felt it all in my stomach and it was it's this physical pain. So I had to listen to that and give my body time out. Then there's, yeah, groups and community. We now have the likes of Facebook and the internet. There are many groups on the Facebook that we can use. Um, there are various other tools. Sharing our story is a big one. Finding the like-minded community that you can share with and, and talking about the pet um there are lots of them. There's writing, journaling helped me a lot. I journaled every day. I journal my heart out, every last deep emotion and feeling and thought, and it's amazing what materialises on the paper in front of you. When you put that pen to paper and not worry about grammar um, or spelling, you just let it pour out of you, um, which is what happened when I wrote my books as well. Then there's art. You can um, commission a piece of art. You can um, paint yourself or a couple of um ones that i read about recently creating a memory jar and every time you thought of a memory of them write it down and pop it in a jar and then pull one out when you're feeling a bit sad um maybe making a box with all the paraphernalia for your pet um an outdoors resting place maybe with a beautiful i got a beautiful stone from a company called talking stones Uh, I think it was a a river, uh, I can't remember what it was called, Riverside Stone, but it's got his name and the dates on there of when he passed away and when he was born. And that sits in a resting place with a beautiful metal heart that was created um, from a friend of mine. Um, So having a little place that you can go to and sit with them um, doing the memorial, writing a tribute. Katrina Warren um, with our wonderful pets has a, a the website called Our Wonderful Pets where you can go on and log a tribute. So I wrote a tribute to Maxie. It's the same one I read at his memorial, um, and popped it on there. And so it's sort of out there to the world. It's like when we put an ad in the newspaper when we lose our our human family or friends, and paying it forward through donating, volunteering, fostering um, other animals and spending time in their their um, company or a couple more, photo books, collating that collage of photos. Um, and what I read about only today, it's called BIOS Urn, B-I-O-S, second word, urn, and it's for growing a tree from a late loved one's ashes. Um, and so then you have the tree in the place in the garden, so... There's so many different ones, which I'm going to detail all in my new book that will be coming out hopefully next year. But uh, And Googling, there's so many places on the internet that can tell you different things and one thing might work for you that uh, might not work for someone else. So just utilising all the different opportunities, yeah. There are lots of them.
1: There really are a lot of them. Um, One that I really liked (laughs) that I found was, There's a lot of Etsy sites that make um, memorial jewellery for pets as well, so um, there's some really beautiful options that you can use there as well. You mentioned um, a few communities on Facebook and websites. Do you have any specific ones that are your um, favourite ones Uh, that you would recommend to our
0: community? Yeah, I do have a couple, and unfortunately to all the beautiful cat lovers out there, I'm... uh, Uh, I only have dogs. I don't have a cat. Mind you, having worked at the veterinary industry, I had plenty of beautiful cats that would walk across my keyboards. They lived at the clinic and one used to sit in my inbox all the time and one used to jump out of the way every time I pressed print and the paper would come out of the printer. Hilarious act. So the ones I share are probably more dog ones. I do apologise to the cat owners, but it's not because I don't love cats. It's probably just because I don't have any. But um, Jack McAfghan, M C A F G H A N. There's an author that writes under that title and about pet grief, and she's got about three or four books. Uh, they're amazing books on pet grief, but it's written from the dog's perspective, um, which interestingly enough is partly how my new book's going to be, or part of the book. But very powerful books. Um, And they have a Facebook page. There's another one, the Cool Dog Group. Then uh, Wendy Vanderpoel has the Centre of Pet Loss and Grief. She's an American lady. I've spoken to her recently on the phone. Our Wonderful Pets with Katrina Warren, she has a wonderful website where you can create those tributes. Um, Smiley, S-M-I-L-E-Y, was another American, and it was a Labradoodle dog um, that passed away um then uh, pets and another australian one um and then we have the normal ones like beyond blue and lifeline um can help as well i'm not sure how aligned they are to animals but they have reasonably good counselors i think so there's a lot of them i have one called paws in pink on facebook but um it's not as big as my life in or in the pink on facebook so But, yeah, there's a lot of resources, and it's just um, searching through, I suppose, on the net and through Facebook and finding what resonates with you. That's how I've come across them.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point. Um, Thank you for sharing those. And what we'll do is we'll put links to all of those in our show notes as well so that um, if anyone, when they lose their pet, they can always come back and find them or share them with their friends when they lose a pet. Um, Beautiful. Something I did want to touch on is that, one of the hard parts of losing a pet is that sometimes we have to make the decision to end their life, and this can leave us with a lot of guilt. Do you have any suggestions on how we can approach this process in a healthy manner?
0: Um, yes, I do. Um, and from being in the vet industry, I think for a long time I thought about this Um And I think for me, it's about changing the perception because when we need to make that decision and we need to make that call about putting them to sleep, it's generally our last act of love. We make that decision because we know that the quality of the life of the pet that we absolutely love and have unconditional love for, that it's their time. And if we look at it, as a sense of we are so able to bring this act of love and help them um, pass over when their quality of life is just not there anymore, that it's actually to take them, to take their pain away and throw us headlong into our own depth of grief and pain, I think is a very outstanding act of love because we're being selfless we're saying we're going to help you but we're going to put our own self in this direct firing line of grief that we're going to have to deal with that as we know it can really throw our life into turmoil so that's the way i started to look at it instead of feeling guilty feeling that we're helping them so i think that's the biggest thing that i would say is that changing that perception around that that's so very
1: true um So one thing I wanted to touch on um, is, well, to give some context, is that um, my cat Tabby passed away nine months before our wedding and she was 23 years old. And I knew she was getting old, but I did have this dream that she'd be at our wedding and sadly this didn't occur. And I I did struggle quite a bit on the day knowing that she was there. She wasn't there, sorry. So do you have any suggestions on how um, you can include a pet who has passed on in moments like that?
0: um yes and I'd kind of say I'd sort of kind of send a question out to you you said that she wasn't there maybe she was there so yeah, um you know in the book that I've just written and I've written a lot about signs and I didn't necessarily believe in signs a lot before probably I, I suffered my own grief but now that I have and probably more so with dad in this instance that Being really aware and tapped into my own self, I have had all these bizarre signs and I won't go into them all, but they are definitely not just coincidence, things that could never have happened. So I kind of think that they're always with us. But to have them there a little more on a day like that, as you said, I think a piece of jewellery would be very nice that you could wear on that day or maybe you might wear every day. That is a representation of them and the love that you have. It's something physical. I have Maxie's tag that he used to, you know, wear on his collar with his name and, and a picture of a love heart on it. I carry that in my purse every day and he passed away four or five years now ago. Um so his piece that is always with me. Or maybe you could have a photo of them there with you at that event or obviously mentioning them in 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 the speech that you make at the wedding or even before the wedding maybe having been able to go and sit if you had a place in the garden um, that was their space and sitting with them maybe dressed ready to go before you left and just having a few quiet words or even just a few quiet moments with the eyes closed and thanking them for being in your life and Hoping that they would have been there for the day, but knowing that they're not. So, maybe they're just a few hints or tips that might help someone.
1: um What I might do is I'll actually share what I actually did on the day. So, um, and I'm going to put a link to this um, Etsy store because I actually found it really difficult to find this particular one. I actually got a bracelet with my dad's signature on it, and then on the other side, I had. Um, a little charm for Tabby, and we also had their photos up at our um, reception as well. So I'll put links to those so that if anyone wants to do that, they've got that available for them.
0: That that bracelet sounds beautiful. I didn't know that you could get a bracelet with a signature on it. That's that that's just lovely.
1: Yeah, I had no idea till I was like did a did a lot hours of digging,
0: but I yeah, found it. Yeah, so, yeah, amazing. It's amazing what you can find. It's just knowing what you want and then you can pretty much get anything you want in this world now. So it's just tapping into what you want, listening. What I say is we need to journey deep into the centre of our heart and we need to follow the paw prints left by our fairy loved ones and that will walk us home, out to the other end of grief, to keep in touch with all the love that lies underneath all the grief. Oh,
2: that's so nice. Lara, it's sometimes not us that end up losing the and grieving for a pet. It's the people around us who, you know, who play a huge role in supporting us that they go through this hard time and lose a pet. Do you have any suggestion how we, on how we can help support a friend or a family member who's grieving for a pet?
0: And I think, yeah, I do. I think, well, if we have grieved our own pet, we kind of know exactly what we want. We kind of want what well, I know, what I wanted. I wanted someone to sit with me and give me space to talk about Max. I oh, remember when Max did this, and remember when he did that, and remember when he chased the duck up the street, and you know, just silly things that they did. Um, and being able to share in their adventures and then share in how upset you are, and how um, you can't stop crying, and how you, you know you're not sure how you're getting through the day, and um. So I think the biggest thing is the friends creating space for that open expression. And we don't have to, we just have to sit with people. We don't have to go, oh, don't cry or don't do this or maybe you should do that. We maybe can hold back on the advice a little and just create a space just to listen. Um, Because listening to people share their stories helps them process their grief. Um, So when they feel it, they can process it. And when they're processing it, it's essentially expressing it. And as they're expressing it, they're beginning to heal it. So it's being aware of that and just being comfortable in ourselves that someone else can talk to us and we don't have to fix it. We don't have to answer everything. We can just allow them to, to talk. And I think that's the yeah. biggest thing. That's so
1: very true. I really agree with that. Um, with the rise in social media, uh, um, a lot of the members in our community are making friends in that in this new online space. And um, majority of the Cat Explorer community is on Instagram and the accounts are accounts dedicated to their cats. So we get to Mm -hmm. know each other's cats and also the humans that are behind the accounts. And in the last few months, it's been a bit sad because we've lost a few cats in our community. Um, Can you tell us how we can support our online friends when they lose a pet?
0: Um, It's probably a little the same it's um well we could message them one-on-one um and get off i don't know why well, i presume you can do that on instagram i do that more yes. i use facebook yes or, you can so message them uh, messages um uh, acknowledging their grief and opening up that you know if you want to chat um it depends how well you know them but if you want to chat more about your pet i'm happy to um have a chat with you or send me a photo i'd love to see you know another photo of the the pet although you would have them on instagram anyway um but just reaching out to them i think and and you know liking their posts commenting uh, making them feel like they're supported and i think the big thing about i found with facebook or instagram is it's that sense of connection and i think underneath everything else when i've asked myself why is facebook so important to me, it's connecting with others. It's another form of connection. So keeping up that connection with them through, yeah, commenting or liking or um, just knowing that, that someone's out there for them, listening to them. And, and some people don't have a lot of maybe human connection. A lot of people live in the online world. So that's really important to them as well. Um, and if you've got that solid support community, that's a beautiful added way to do it because they're like-minded individual individuals can you you could possibly be around your friends who don't appreciate pet grief and even though you love them dearly they might not know how to um, open that space for you to talk about it but on the instagram pages the people that are your followers they understand that love of pets so using them to help you through your grief and then they'll in turn help when the the it's turned vice versa so just supporting each other
1: Yeah, that's so very true. Um, I'm going to give an example of something. I've just realized that I haven't asked for their permission, but I'm going to give the example because it's such a beautiful story. Um, Sadly, late last year around Christmas Day, one of, like, I I call them a personal friend. Um, Their account's called Boss the Bengal and they lost their um, dear boss. And every Monday, boss used to, they used to post a meerkat Monday and now it's so lovely because we're now in March, so three months later, and every Monday everyone posts a meerkat post photo of their cat meerkatting, and it's, the hashtag is meerkat, well, meerkat Monday for bots. And that's just, like, I think it was just so lovely to see everyone come together for that. And I've noticed, like, people all around the world are doing this for that's, us. That's so amazing. It's just really, Yeah, it's just beautiful, like. And I know that there are um, certain friends of, boss's um family who made sure that they kept posting about it encouraging people to do it and it was just it's just really beautiful to see how far that um, movement has come um yeah yeah like is. that just blew me away and because it happened on Christmas like in that period when people aren't on social media but people came on social media to make sure that they gave them support so I thought oh, that, that that's was just it was just incredible divine. and to see it and to see it happen every Monday still is, it's it's awesome. Like It's a really nice um, way to remember him.
0: Yeah, and, and that's divine and, like, everyone's jumping on board. And I think that, yeah, it, and when we have a Facebook page and then our pet dies, sometimes we don't know what to do with it. So it's turning it into the space of pet loss um, in, in honour of our pet and still sending out messages of love and inspiration. And, and there's a similar one with a dog um, that I mentioned before, Smiley, labradoodle I think he was and um after he passed away they I think she does a flashback Thursday or something so every Thursday there's still something for Smiley and now she um has her new dog on there who is in fact also called Smiley I think (laughs) so she called him the same name but um but yeah still flashing back to remember the one that we we love them because they never really they always remain you know um, rich in our hearts and they live on in our hearts forever so that's um, a beautiful way to honour them and you know I, I suggest that everyone who has an Instagram account do that with that with their pet they choose their own little Boston Bengal Meerkat Monday kind of um, um, event or not event you know thing and and have their own version of it and everyone's honoring everyone else it's beautiful yeah it really is um and yeah like I have to say
1: every Monday it makes me smile to see boss's mm. family feel happy and um supported when they see all those um posts so it's yeah it's yeah
0: really, really
1: lovely yeah so if anyone's listening along I suggest trying to get your cats and your dogs involved as well it's quite lovely and use the yeah, hashtag jump on to,
0: Monday yeah. For boss yeah Jump onto Boss's page. I'm going to do that when I finish this podcast and um, check Boss out. Yep, yep,
1: exactly.
2: So one thing that this conversation sort of shown me is that, and it just make, highlights even further, is that one day our pets will pass away. That's a that's a given. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that we should live in fear that this will happen. So rather, rather that we should appreciate all those special moments that we have with them. And I know this is something that you're pretty passionate about. Do you mind telling us a bit of your thoughts on this topic? Uh,
0: Definitely. Um, And it's very true when it's about living in the moment um, because we get um, pulled into the past, we get thrown into the future, but, and this is what yoga's taught me a a lot, it's being present in the moment and living our life as it is right in this moment. And and the way we can do that to begin with is just coming back to our breath, just breathing and appreciating the moment and being with them, our pets at whatever stage of life they are. And I know with Max, when he got old um, and would walk, we wouldn't walk very far anymore. He wouldn't want to go past the end of the street. He'd dig his heels in and that was it. He was pretty... I'm stubborn old Maxie, but i started to get anticipatory grief which was grief before he passed away knowing that you know we know that our pets have only got a certain life, um, time, and number of years um and anticipatory, anticipatory grief is normal and we need to acknowledge that as well and communicate um and connect to others and have self-love around that but again coming back to just live in the moment and appreciating um, them them, while they are here with us and it is very hard to not get thrown into the future or, or the past but just trying to remember that and, and, and I use the yoga tools maybe just coming back to the breath when our thoughts take us away come back to the breath and then come back to the moment.
2: Now, I, I love the way you put that together and yeah just describe because mm-hmm. that anticipate I, I'm terrible. It's that's, a hard
0: that's, word isn't that,
2: it? <laughs> that's a hard word but that grief that comes before the actual event it's just it can be debilitating and it can sort of put you in this funk and this mood that sort of go oh you know you don't really want to it just gets you down but then think about it the other way where pets in the last couple of days weeks whatever it is it's the last moment that you really need to celebrate and cherish because it's Mm. the close the end's coming real close and you, you won't get these moments again so No, and feeling, and
0: feeling, oh, sorry, (laughs) sorry, Daniel, feeling the feelings, you go.
2: (laughs) I was going to say, it's just a good one to sort of um, be aware of.
0: Yes, and feeling the feelings while we're in that anticipatory grief is just important because if you feel sad, have a cry, let it out, and that emotion will pass, and then underneath that you'll find more than likely the love will come again. And, um, and they say that when we cry, it releases the endorphins or endorphinis, as I call them. And they make us, the crying can make us feel good. So it can help us process it because grief and emotions are like an energy in the body. And once we let them out, it gives rise to, to the next thing. So still allowing ourselves, being self loving and, and, and processing those feelings as they arise. Don't cut them off or ignore them or run away from them. Trying to let them just come out. Um, we may find that we can then come back into the moment a little easier.
2: It is true that it's not going to be very clean and not necessarily going to be very clean and simple and that you can't always be happy and living in the moment with your pet 24-7. Like You will feel these other emotions and you mm. make a good point to sort of acknowledge them, let them happen and then move on because it's it's going to be complicated. It's not always going to be... A simple one, one feeling the whole the whole time through.
0: No, and you know, um, uh, pet grief is a form of what they call disenfranchised grief because of this not being acknowledged by society. So it is even a little bit more tricky. But uh, but I think it's with life and with everything, it's just feeling the feelings that come up and allowing them to be. And and grief is no different in that respect. And if we can get more comfortable in allowing ourselves to feel what comes up and pass through it when grief comes it won't be as difficult because we're used to processing we're not frightened of the emotions it's be it's it, grief is made so much more difficult because we're so scared of of those emotions coming up we run away from them we can't process them so um we turn to whatever we can to distract ourselves from it and and then the anxiety builds up and then we run away from the anxiety so it's like this vicious circle and the more comfortable we can become and maybe ask ourselves instead of saying why am I so anxious, even looking at it as why is the body so anxious and sitting behind it a little, which is what yoga teaches us and kind of sitting in a witness seat and observing it, sitting from a seat of awareness. Um, but you have to learn how to do that. But yoga can teach you some of those tools if that's of interest to anyone. But the whole point of uh, you know grief underneath of life is the whole point is love, is love. And we want to keep our heart open our whole life. So if we shut our heart to grief, we're shutting our heart to love. And without grief, there is no love. So maybe that is the the one thing about grief. We feel our grief so strongly because we loved so deeply. So without that's one, there is no other.
2: No, that's well said. Now, Lara, we're just coming up toward the end of the podcast. Sure. Before, we, before we go, we always ask these uh, standard set of questions to all our guests first question i have for you i'll change it up a little bit just to make it relevant to grief so lara what do you hope to see in the future regarding pet grief specifically and how society accepts it and so forth because you touched on it briefly and that could be part of your answer earlier where how society you'd like to see society be more accepting of this
0: yeah and i think that's the biggest thing i think i'd like to see everyone um able to deal with their own grief and not Um, shying away from it and openly saying that, um, you know, it is okay for me to grieve my pet and being around the people that they need to do that with and teaching others that it is okay. And I even thought the other day, wouldn't it be lovely if there was a business that you could go to that would do and there may be but I haven't come across one that would do a little hold a little cemetery a cemetery a little a memorial for your pets like you do when you go to a funeral home and I know there are a couple now that do you can call upon them when you get married um, and they come along and they um um uh, you know they bring the the dog to the wedding and um Claire Clancy does one in Adelaide and there's another one I can't remember what hers is called but I do pause is another one there may be one one day that um also allow to to have a memorial for your pets which I think would be lovely
1: that would be really beautiful
0: um maybe I'll start that business
1: yeah maybe there is
0: (laughs) business idea there (laughs) yeah there is there is
1: (laughs) what pet or pet related accounts um, online inspire you
0: Probably the ones that I mentioned before, Um, uh, yeah, probably just um, I love the smiley one that I spoke about, the dog, and I love Jack McAfgan. So they're probably the ones that I spoke about as the resources. Um, And I, you know, make sure that I look at nice pet um, pet, uh, sites on Facebook. You know, some really show a lot of the sad stories, and I appreciate the sad stories and they're out there. But I used to watch them and I'd get very sad every day. And at some point I had to cull some of my Facebooks to say, I know that these situations exist. I've seen them in the vet world, but I don't need to see them on my Facebook page every day. I can find them if I need to. And just having really nice and uplifting one resources on your Facebook feed that come through. So you remember the beauty of the animals and and maybe seeking out the others if and as you need them. Um, but to keep your life a little more uplifted rather than always the sad stories that pop up on some of them. So, probably the ones I've already mentioned, um, Hasara. Yep, yeah, no worries, sir. Uh, as always, we'll put
2: those links in our show notes for the yeah. uh, link to. And the last question was what product, service, or program has been a game changer for your pets?
0: Um, and again, I apologise, this may be a little um dog related not cat related from my own personal experience but for me the biggest one is dog booties uh, mutlucks m-u-t-t-l-u-k-s is on ebay i think and they're little boots that you put on your dog and they velcro around their wrists so they don't slide out on the floorboards i came home to maxi one day and his back legs had slid out and he couldn't get up and he'd done a number two on the floor um and it was just heartbreaking um that he couldn't get up because he's because of his hips so i went out and got him these little boots and he wore them for about 18 months and every night before he'd went go to bed i'd say come on maxi i need to take the booties off and every morning come on, i need to put the booties on he didn't need them outside just inside on the floorboards but it it it, it, it was just a life a game changer for him and his quality of life and my other dog, Susie, just briefly, has a special orthotic boot because she had to have two toes amputated from a cancer. So it's on my website, Life in the Pink. Um, uh, it shows uh, I have a blog and this this special orthotic boot um, that her foot goes into so she could still walk around on the bitumen without falling down and, and, and really upsetting that that joint. So there's amazing things out there for dogs and cats that they if they need them for their limbs and moving around um, that the vets sometimes don't even know about because these didn't come from the vets, they came from my own research.
1: Yeah, that's so, yeah. definitely true. Sometimes we have yeah. to do a little bit of research. Oh, we're really lucky. Yeah. yeah. Like, for example, with Cat Explorer, we try and ask all the questions that our community has. So if anyone has a situation like that, they're always welcome to come send us a, a direct message or an email and say that they're looking for something like that and we can always ask yeah. the community. Yeah. Yeah. So, Lara, thank you so much for joining us today. We really do appreciate you taking the time. Where can we follow you online?
0: So I'm www.lifeinthepink.com.au and, yes, as I said, I have one book on heartbreak, one on grief and a new one to be next year on pet grief. So, um, yeah, you can follow me there. Just join up on the main page and I'll keep you up to speed with what's happening. Um, on the newsletter that comes out kind of once every month. Yeah, I'd love you to join my community. That sounds awesome. Sorry, Facebook as well is just in the pink, Um, but you'll see it on my website. The website's probably the best place to start. Yeah.
1: What we'll do is we'll put those links and all the links of all the other things that we spoke about today in in our show notes, which are available at catexplorer.co forward slash podcast.
2: Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to us if you could hit subscribe and review the Cat Explorer podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help us continue to get some awesome guests for you. As always, thank you so much for being a part of the Cat Explorer community. That's it for today. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, enjoy giving your kitty the world.